Well, it's time for episode 100. And episode 100, I think neither of us could ever have predicted. No, I mean, I think even on episode 99, I don't think that I thought episode 100 was going to be talking so heavily about how our lives have been changed by a global pandemic. I, I don't think that it was what I was expecting. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's such a weird situation because my gut reaction for this kind of thing is always, you don't need to talk about contemporary goings on in the world, especially yes. if you're doing something like episode 100 of Cortex, right? Yeah. You're thinking like, yeah. oh. We're going to celebrate. Yeah, five years in the making. And as a content producer... My total gut reaction is, if you don't need to comment on contemporary things in your 100th episode, well, of course you shouldn't. It's just madness to even do that. But but here we are in a situation where even I have to cave of like, to not discuss the outside world would be insanity and to not discuss it right from the beginning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's just... Welcome to episode 100 of Cortex. Thank you for being here. And yes, we're going to we're going to talk about coronavirus right from the start. Because as well, look, what one of the things that I think is is important and I think for as much as a podcast can, I think our show can help people in a way because a lot of people are going to start and are working very differently right now. And so I think that there's, and we'll, nah, I don't know what I'm saying anymore. I've lost myself. Mike even just tried to intro us into talking about this topic. And then you just like, you just sort of fail halfway through because what is it that you're even going to say? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's so hard to deal with because it's so terrible. Like it's such a global, terrible unique situation where everyone in the world is dealing with the exact same thing and talking about the exact same thing but it's also completely inescapable Mm -hmm. and this is a show where we talk about our working lives and so we're 100 going to talk about hey what have our working lives been like since we last spoke whatever it was three weeks a month ago it was more than a month i think well here's one of the things about quarantine is you can't have any sense of time right it's just totally lost but so when we last spoke six months ago six weeks (laughs) ago who knows not me what is the one overwhelming feature affecting both of our working lives in a completely omnipresent way for the past several weeks it's the coronavirus yes right that's that is the thing that has affected our lives the most there is one constant over 100 episodes Right, The show has changed in different ways, but there is one constant. And that constant is, on Cortex, we talk about how we work. Mm-hmm. So if we are going to actually do justice to what this show is on its 100th episode, we need to talk about the fact that our working lives have changed more in the last month than they yes. maybe have in the entire five-year period in a short window. <sighs> yeah, you know what? That's, that's not an unfair way to present it. Like for both of us, so much has changed since the last time we spoke. It's like mind boggling even to know where to start. This is the time where having a schedule like I do is of mm-hmm. great benefit. 
because I don't necessarily keep track of days in the same way, right? Like, then mm-hmm. days do feel different, but I know where I am in the week because of the shows that I'm doing on any given day. Right. Like, I know I'm towards the end of the week now because that's mm-hmm. when we record. And I know yesterday I recorded The Pen Addict and Connected, which I know is Wednesday, so I know that's the middle. And right. those are always there, there every week. So there's been a benefit that way. But what I have noticed about myself, I have been really relaxing on weekends. Hmm, okay. And I don't know why that is. I think it's because my weeks are way more intense at the moment. So when people have stopped working, the intensity stops. And it's like a big sigh. It's it's interesting you say that because I've been trying to put my finger on a feeling that i i can't quite nail down but there there is a way in which the last six weeks let's say have felt like they've had some of the busiest days of of my life and also some of the laziest days of my life exactly like back to back yeah and it's very strange like to try to figure out why but i'm really aware like i have had some productive days this is like no day i have had in years Mm -hmm. and it will be immediately followed by a day where it's like what a disgusting sloth i am right it's it's very strange how this has been this consistent feature of busyness and then also just like a total downtime and i've been trying to do a little bit of of what you're doing which is I'm thinking of it in my head as respect the weekend. And my wife and I basically did it this past weekend of like, okay, let's intentionally try to have this be the downtime yep. and then have the regular work week. I don't have the same kind of schedule that you do, but um, this is one of these things. I feel like I'm a crazy person, but I might, I might actually do it. So for a project that got canceled because of coronavirus, I happen to have a bunch of colored paper in my house. What? And I, f- I feel like... <laughs> I feel like taking what these big sentence? sheets of paper. Don't what worry. What is that? Look, sometimes because you need to buy... Because of a project that got cancelled, I yeah. now have lots of large sheets of coloured paper? Yeah, so I ordered a bunch of coloured paper sheets for a thing... As one does. Yeah, that I was going to do, um, but because I can't go outside anymore, right. it can't happen. So, so this was going to be one of those like grey in the real world videos that required a prop. Right. Look, I'm just uh, look. I just I might have several hundred colored pieces of paper mm-hmm. that now I I can't do anything with. <laughs> Don't for worry, like, everyone. Episodes <laughs> back to normal. <laughs> Here we go. We found it. There it is. <laughs> right. right. But what I've been thinking about doing with these, because I have no regular schedule, is is making just like a giant sign to put in the middle of the house on like green paper that says. Monday, mm. Tuesday on a giant yellow piece of paper. I love that. What a great idea. I'm seriously considering doing it because I think as this thing goes on longer and longer, losing that sense of time becomes a more concerning problem. Right now, I would still say like it's in the area of academic interest. I'm like, oh, isn't it interesting how my brain is interpreting time? Mm-hmm. But I think a month from now, that's not the situation that you want to have been in for, you know, approaching 20% of the year to be like, I don't have any idea how long apart 
things were. Every one of the 110 billion articles that's been written over the last couple of weeks about how people work from home mm-hmm. uh, includes the idea of like keep to a schedule and like whilst I don't necessarily like I get that some people do need this I am not of the like wake up at this time shower at this time yeah. bre- I'm not that kind of person right like that's too much schedule for me like and I, I yeah. like things to be a little bit more easy I really think that like it is important for people to have some kind of idea as to where they are in the week. And of course, this pretty much mostly applies to those that are in lockdowns, right? Mm -hmm. Because there are some people whose lives have to continue moving because they're in essential businesses, right? So obviously this is mostly focused at people that are now at home all of the time but weren't before. Yeah. But I think it is very important for people in those circumstances, in those situations, to have whatever it is that just helps them understand. Not that it's like necessarily it's Tuesday today, like, but where are you in the week, right, is important. Yeah, I think it's the dumbest little thing, but there's a little um, tiny app for my Apple Watch that I really like called Better Day. And one of the things that I've always really liked about it is it, it shows a little progress marker for the whole month. Mm. And so there's like a little dot that will move across in the circular arc for April. So, you know, so I look at it now and I say, Oh, we're just by looking at the dot, I can see we're more than halfway through April. And I, I genuinely feel like this tiny complication on my watch is my only anchor to time now, right? I'm yeah, like, yeah, yeah. oh, yes, I'm, I'm watching this this dot slowly arc across the month like I did last month. And this is how I know Oh yeah, it's not April 2nd anymore. Like it still feels like where April is mostly done now. You need to get ready for the end of April. It's very strange how quickly that sense of time slips away mm-hmm. and seems to be a pretty universal experience with people I talk with. I'm having that like it's fast and slow, you know? Mm. Like it's both. Like it feels like it's been a million years since we last spoke but feels like it hasn't been that long since I spoke to my friend James last Friday. Like It's just like this compression and expansion feeling is so strange. Yeah. And I, I feel this feeling a lot when I'm at conferences. And I think it's because it, similarly during those periods of time, the, the like confines of the world are not pressing in on you in the same way like we have now where it's, like, well, you're not getting up every day and going to this place and having lunch here and coming home and doing that in a five days in a row and two off, right? So, like, you understand where you are. Because, mm. like, when you're at a conference, it's just like, well, nothing that you normally do is here. Mm. So, you're just going about your life in this time. So, you get to the end of the week and it's like, I feel like I just got here, but I feel like I've been here for two years. You know? <laughs> yeah. That, yeah. That is a really, that is a really good way to describe the conference feeling as mm-hmm. well of, of like, yeah, I just got here, but also I've been here for two years. <laughs> that's, that's perfect. That's every Friday at WWDC. Like, yeah. wow, I didn't, I didn't see 20% of the people I wanted to see, but also I've been here for the whole summer. <laughs> I've seen too many people. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's, inter- it's, that's really interesting. And, and, I find my days where I've been lazy are very understandable. And I felt very fine with the lazy days where it's like some days you wake up and you're just like, nope, not much is going to happen today. And that's okay. But the busy days are crazy. It, it mm. feels like, I, like I'm like i doing 
three times as much on a busy day or or that like the day just pow it's over immediately i think for me it's because the things that are causing my attention in that way that are like making me busy are really intense what do you mean now i am the one who's like how much detail oh yeah now you're mystery man it's no but it's like look this, this is again like for the listeners this is always this this weird position that we're both always in how much detail how much do you want to talk about and you always have to kind of forgive us in these weird moments and i've just unintentionally put mike on the spot and i didn't realize with how much detail he does or doesn't want to talk about his intense times i think i can probably talk about this and people will understand it anyway okay i run a mostly advertising supported business right lots of companies are wanting to reduce their marketing budgets yeah so we are having Lots of people need to shrink their budget and we're working with them on that. That happens a lot. It happens all the time, in fact, that like companies need to readjust things. Mm-hmm. But we are getting a lot more readjustment right now than we ever have. Mm-hmm. You know, like I honestly have done more readjusting of budgets in the last month than I've maybe done in the last three years. Right. Because people need to or want to change things around. So there's an element of like having to work with people that and then also needing to try and find advertising that can fill the gaps for the various shows that we manage right so the level at which these intense moments are happening they are more frequent and with much higher stakes than Mm. i have managed ever that is the intensity that i'm talking about right now Mm. you know from like my business running my business is managing that so when I am working on something like that, it is much more higher stakes than what I am typically dealing with when it comes to advertising. The messages that you are getting, the variance in their content is way higher. Way higher. <laughs> yeah, and like in both directions. Yes. Of like, oh, things have been canceled. Or like, oh, we're hunting down a new sponsor. Like mm-hmm. both of those things, the variance has just been cranked up a lot like that's the experience that you're having yeah and also like there's a lot of unexpected trickle down circumstances that are occurring Mm -hmm. in my business which is the same with yours hence you have piles of colored paper (laughs) right well it is look i mean that's that's just like a probably dead for a fairly long time project Mm -hmm. i don't have the variance that you've had in the same way but I think even a thing that I've I've only really started to truly internalize over say the past 10 days or who knows in this time is just like I think I I mentioned it kind of briefly the, the last time we talked but I had a an unusually long summer of travel planned for this year and yeah part of the reason for that is because I had put together a whole bunch of projects that I thought like, oh, these would be cool things to do, but they require me to be there in person. And it's like, oh, okay. This this whole slate of ideas that I had lined up for the next year of production, they've all been wiped away. <laughs> and it's it's strange to think about. And I, I keep having this this really surreal experience where 
I can talk about a project in advance now because the project is not very interesting and it's very likely to be out by the time this episode is out and it doesn't matter if it isn't anyway. But like I made you bleep last time, I, as part of the Tumbleweed project, I flew to this weed research center out in Denver, Colorado that focuses on tumbleweed and all kinds of agricultural problems. Just that first sentence is so fun though. The Weed Research Center in Denver, Colorado. Everyone expects it's marijuana. Yeah, and you're like, no, no, not. tumbleweed. Right? Because no, it's like, here's the perfect plate. Nah, gotcha. Right? Yeah. So it's fun. I know. Yeah, it is It is fun. It is ridiculous. But they are also one of the, the top centers in the whole of the world mm. for researching weed. <laughs> I can't imagine there's many of them. So, like, in my mind, like, the only place is the top place. How many places are researching tumbleweed? Well, so, I, I mean, there's conferences. I discovered this, that, like, no. shortly... Shor- Weedcon? Shortly after <laughs> that I, I was there, they, they were all heading off to, like, the annual global weed getting Tumble together con. conference T- thing. Yeah, <laughs> whatever it was. time 2020. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And and it's like, it was a big thing. So, you know, this, this is what I love about the world is everything is a world unto itself. Yep, you can pick, best. you can pick anything and there's going to be an economy of thousands of people involved in whatever it is. We know there are tens of thousands of people that love home screens. <laughs> yeah. No, right? I know. it's, this stuff is endless. Mm-hmm. Right. But so I went there and I did this and I had this whole experience of talking to the experts and This is a thing that I was doing more over the past year, and I was kind of like toying around with this this idea. And I had a bunch of this stuff planned for the upcoming year. And now I'm in this just totally bizarre situation where I've spent many of my afternoons editing this footage, and it feels like it feels like I'm editing something from another lifetime. Yes. From from a man who has plans that mean nothing to the current person have you experienced this feeling of watching a youtube video that was clearly shot a long time ago and feeling weird about it well th- that's it but that's exactly what i'm editing right yeah. and so no, that's what i mean so yeah. like I'm, I'm i'm just wondering like as a viewer have you experienced it like you know i see youtube channels that are like they're they're this is i'm sure for a lot of channels is very normal they do some content that is produced within like the last couple of days and yeah. they have some stuff which is banked right which is mm-hmm. taking longer to work on over you would know this right like yeah, this is course. the thing that you do but it's less obvious in yours because when you use the animation you can't tell or whatever you can't place it in time yeah but like it's funny to see like i watch a video which is being shot at home and i'm like Mm -hmm. oh yeah they're at home now that's their iphone like whatever and then they have a video the next day which is like shot in a restaurant and it's like hang on whoa (laughs) where where did that come from it's a very weird it's very weird yeah and and the thing the thing that makes this one extra strange to be editing is i'd already you know very shortly after i came back i put together a little intro that i liked but the intro is entirely shots of Oh, here's me getting on the train to go on the plane to get to the airport, to change airports, to get on the other plane, to rent a car, to go to the plane. And it's like every time I I rewatch that to try to edit it and trim it down a little bit, it's bizarre. Like I can't even describe what the feeling is like putting this together. And it's like I want to complete this video so it's just done and I get Mm. it kind of off my plate. But this is part of this strangeness of things changing because Mm. 
the gray who was filming this was doing it as, okay, I've done enough talking to experts in real life that I feel comfortable enough filming something while I'm doing this to try to turn it into a little video. And this is something that I want to try to do more in the future. Well, when's the next time you're going to get on a plane, right? When is the next time you can even possibly do a project like this? Mm-hmm. Right? So it's very odd. I am like so heavily trying to avoid the word unprecedented. Yeah, but it is unprecedented. I feel like I can't hear that word anymore because, but it is, <laughs> right? Like that's the reason I'm hearing it so much, but I feel like I hear it like 25 times a day. And, you know, as well, if you email, if you if you are a person who emails people like I do, you know, the way people are talking to each other is even so peculiar now. Can you give me an example? Every email exchange is including like a, a message of like, I hope you're doing well. I hope you're healthy. You know, like, and it's such a odd thing, right? Right. But like, these are these like new normals that are already starting to establish themselves. Like one of them is, well... Trains and planes are weird. Yeah. And the other is we all need to show each other that we understand the situation that we're all in. It's hard to conceptualize sometimes, but but this is the one where I feel it the most strongly. And it's also why I'm really determined to just try to finish this video as fast as I possibly can, because it's like, I don't want to think about this anymore. Are you going to put a note in? Yeah, I'm going to I have to put it in the description of like, oh, this was this was filmed forever ago. I would put it in the video, man. It's too weird. As a viewer, I need to know, right? Cuz I'm going to be like, when did he do what is going on? No, you but know? no, but Mike, you don't comment on contemporary happenings in the outside world for a YouTube video that's going to live for 10 years on the channel, right? Uh, 10 no, years from but now. This people is the thing. Care. I've been thinking about this. I've been thinking about this, right? Okay. Because you know, all the podcasts, all the TV shows, everything, everyone, everywhere is contextualizing right now, right? Mm-hmm. That's just going to be part of the history of this time. Is that this acknowledgement of what we are going through is like locked in now. Like that's just like part of the history of this time in humanity no i'm just gonna start a video bam shot of me on a plane there won't be any questions (laughs) it starts with 24 (laughs) hours ago (laughs) yeah so it's uh, editing that is surreal Mm -hmm. and, and is also part of this time dilation of i can't i can't believe this this feels like editing something from five years ago yeah i feel like it is a like an understanding of rules in people that make them feel this way. What do you mean? You know the rules now are that you do not go on public transport. Right, uh, right I see what you mean. So, like, in retrospect, it's now become, oh, look look at all of this filming of breaking the rules. Yeah. Even though it wasn't breaking the rules So, like, the even time. though it wasn't long ago, even though four weeks ago you wouldn't have bat an eyelid at this video, yeah. what you know now is what the rules are, the rules of society, and the rules of society are that you don't do these things. So yeah. seeing them is like, this is breaking the rules. <laughs> right, yeah. It just change, It just really changes so much. Mm-hmm. Of like, oh, okay. This, now, not like this was going to be a redirection or anything, but it's like, oh, this is something I wanted to do in addition 
to the stuff that I normally do, but it's like, okay, I got to change course on that. You know, this stuff, this stuff isn't happening. So can I just confirm, like it was including interviews with people. Is that like a thing that you were toying with? Is that what you're saying? I just had little clips of some of the experts talking. Right. That's, that's, I mean, sorry, that's cool. That's a good idea. But (laughs) yeah, no, no, goodbye. (laughs) See you, see you, idea. (laughs) Yeah. Just do them all over Zoom, man. You know, just Zoom them up. It's exactly the same. Doing it all over, doing it remotely is exactly the same. Zoom them up. Yeah, no, I'm not going to, I'm not going to zoom them up. (sighs) So anyway, that's, that's like a thing that I can't wait to be done with. So I can stop thinking about it because it feels like this legacy from a previous person. Mm Of like, okay, time time to get rid of this as fast as possible. But yeah, so it's like I've had these really busy days where it's like, okay, great, I'm working I'm working on this. And I've got, depending on how you want to count it, like two or three other videos that are that are working in parallel that are coming along like really great. And it's like busy, busy, busy day. And then some days I wake up and it's just like nothing is happening today. <laughs> or I mean, I don't know about you. There are days where I wake up and it's like, I can't. I think my experience of I can't is is much more just the like the outside world you know I I, I don't know at yeah, what okay. point at what point I'm because again time means nothing but at some point I was like you know what I don't need to check the numbers every morning mm-hmm. you know we can start doing we can start battening down the informational hatches here yeah I'm not there oh boy <laughs> I, I I think it's I think it's something everyone has to do. It's not you know you know, you know things have changed and BBC News is the leftmost icon on your favorites in Safari. Jesus Christ, yeah, no, that's that's not good. Your boy over here can't stop, Gray. Uh, it's you know we've spoken about this many times, right? Like anyone that again episode one hundred, right? Like we're right. referring to things from the past. Uh, a theme is that we and you like to not check the news. Like we don't like to read the news. But like my typical rule on this stuff, my unspoken rule sometimes is like unless I feel I need to, and right now. I have a compulsion multiple times a day to just check what the headlines are. And I feel like I'm I'm restraining myself. It's one website, right? I'm not like going and corroborating news reports all over the place, right? And I'm doing it a few times a day, but whilst a lot of the time it makes me feel worse, it also relieves something which I need to feel relieved about, which is I understand what's happening. I mean, I, I get that. If you feel like this is a thing that you need to do, I'm not going to be one to tell you not to. I just, I just think it's something that's useful to keep an eye on. Oh, I, I've done that, right? Like I'm keeping an eye on it, and I know my 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 habits, and I know that it's that I will calm down. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's, it's it was the same for me for Brexit, right? When like, do you remember that? Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. Poor, when, poor Mike. But you know, when when everything was kicking off, then like recently, right? Like when all the general election stuff was all going down, I was checking very frequently. And then after a couple of weeks, it was like, well, I feel like I understand the flow of things now, and I'll stop. Yeah. And that uh, you know, right now we're just in the everything's changing every day phase, and and I'm trying mm-hmm. to just kind of keep abreast of that. But I expect. Within a period of time, yeah, things become more normal, you know, as we adapt 
and then I'll check less. Yeah, and, and I th- I think ju- just like we, we recorded the last episode right at the time where it felt like the world was beginning to take it seriously, I, I feel a little bit like we're recording now at the time where all of the temporary measures are being reassessed. Yes. And it's like, okay, what is the new normal? And so we don't know what that's going to be, but that's what this time right now feels like, yeah. at least from from my little window into the world. Well, and I just, you know, you know open BBC News, like while we were <laughs> recording, because I, I figured this was going to be happening, because as you just said it, right, like our quote-unquote temporary measures of lockdown have just been extended for exactly right. the same amount of time that they were initially put into place. It's not temporary anymore, is it, right? Like, so, so what was it? What is it, three more weeks? Three more weeks, more weeks? yeah. Three more weeks, okay. Yeah. So it's like, it is the exact, and I, I figured I would check now because I knew I would be able to say, like, <laughs> it is what you just right. said has happened. Right? Okay, right. So my, my assessment there wasn't wasn't too far off. No, yeah. we are quite literally recording at the time in which the temporary measures are becoming permanent. Yeah. And so again, it's it's very hard to know how to think about this. And we have some things to talk about, you know, but it's it's also just like, just as, as time can feel both like really busy and really lazy, or things can feel like they take a really long time or they, they take a really short time. One of the things that I have like this weird difficulty in trying to talk about the current situation to just like, underlay the conversation for me personally it's both like this is really bad and also kind of nice it's it's hard to describe because it's like oh well because of my wife's health we in the gray household we know that this quarantine has to be way harder and has to be way longer than whatever the regular recommendations are so there's there's one way in in which we're like we are in the most serious kind of situation that we can possibly be. Mm-hmm. That's just the background radiation of your life. All of these external obligations have gone away. There's no guilt because the whole world is on pause. And it's like, oh, okay. You can spend quality time with each other or like i can have these days where i just focus on some work and like do the things that i want to do and i don't have to worry about the outside world or it's like oh we're gonna take a day off and be lazy and it's fine and so it's it's a dichotomy that is hard to talk about of like one of the most serious things that has ever happened in my life and also kind of cozy and nice yeah i don't know there's this thing i keep thinking about like in the previous shows you know i've been talking for months about how like oh i'm trying to get an office outside the house and i was really frustrated with working inside the house but there's totally this psychological effect for humans that sometimes by taking away options things just become easier yeah because of the strictness of our of our quarantine my wife and i are not and have not left the house since since we recorded (laughs) you know like we're not going outside at all yeah and that should be terrible but there's a way in which like oh because there's not the option of like i'm trying to find the perfect office it's like no no you have this office here 
and you're going to rework the space to make sense for you. Mm-hmm. And and that's it. Like, this is the extent of your options. And there's a way in which that's just sort of easier to deal with. And so, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's again, this, this hard thing to talk about of like, everything is both sides of the scale. It's, it's deadly serious, but also we've used the phrase cozy quarantine. Like we're trying to have a cozy quarantine and it's, it's like such a strange way to talk about it. But I do think those are words that are exactly correct. It is not fair to say that we are not allowed our humanity, right? And everybody has to accept it, that it's okay. You can respect what's happening. You can feel terrible for people that are going through truly terrible things, whilst also being able to enjoy time with yourself enjoy time with people you care about playing animal crossing you know like whatever your thing is right now like because that's what we can do during a time like this and it's what we should all be focusing on so it means that we are staying at home because that helps people yeah, and it's it's like it is just such a weird thing of this deadly seriousness and incredible impact on lives all over the world, but also I genuinely want to know about what the deal is with Animal Crossing and why you love it so much and are so upset. Like it's so but that's what we're going to do. Like we're going to we're going to talk about what has what has like been going on with us mm-hmm. and and that's what I want to know. Like <laughs> what's been going on with you? And I've got some things to tell you about what's been going on with me. And, like, let's talk about it. This was the longest introduction to an episode ever. (laughs) Welcome to Cortex 100. So what have you been doing on the weekends, Mike? Well, it's not just the weekends. It's every day. (laughs) Animal Crossing, baby. Oh, my God. Wow. Love this game. All right. Do you know anything about Animal Crossing? The only thing I know about Animal Crossing is one of... One of my YouTube heroes, Yahtzee, who does zero punctuation, Mm -hmm. seven or eight years ago, did a review of some version of Animal Crossing. And to this day, I think it's the best video he's ever done. And he makes it sound hilarious. He just, he frames it. He turns like Animal Crossing into existential dread about the meaning of life and what it means to be in debt to a raccoon yeah that's and i was like i've never played the game i've never seen a single screenshot of the game that's my entire entire knowledge is like you owe money to a raccoon and so you need to go fishing yeah like that's my understanding yep it is all right so stardew yes okay heavily influenced by animal crossing Okay. Right, but not farming. Do you need an animal wife in Animal Crossing? Do you get like an animal wife? There's no romantic relationships. Okay. That was the worst part of Stardew. I've got I gotta figure out what these people want me to give them as gifts. Yeah, so this Forget is like a, a good meme that, that I saw, like a key difference between Animal Crossing and, and Stardew Valley, right? In Stardew Valley, you have to study charts and graphs to try and work out what somebody might enjoy. And right. you make them this in gourmet mayonnaise and they're like, what the <laughs> right, fuck yeah. is this? But in Animal Crossing, you give people a stick and they applaud you. Oh, okay. Right? All right. 
So like those types of elements, like there is a personality element. It's very fun. It's very cutesy in that way and it's enjoyable, but it's, you don't have to worry about your heart level of every individual and how that affects your place right, in okay. the social standing. Right. Yeah. Like the shop owner won't sell you the correct potion unless you brought them the right gift that they yeah, like or whatever it's the nonsense like that. was. Okay. But there is all the the core elements. It's not farming, but there's the core elements like fishing. You collect bugs. Um, mm-hmm. You collect fruit, that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. And these are the things that you will do to uh, help you make money. And you donate specimens to the museum. And the museum is amazing <laughs> in this game. Like everything you donate goes into this museum, and you can go around and look at it all, and it looks like a real museum. It's really amazing. Okay, so they're hitting the like collect things impulse yes. in, in people and okay. the, the, the way they they display the collections is so much better than in any other game because like it's advanced you know like with technology but like the fish are in this like massive aquarium you know it's like floor to ceiling aquariums that you see mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they have made one of those in the game in the museum so you go in and you can see all the fish you've collected swimming around in it right the fossils that there's like fossils that you can collect they make them into the big dinosaur structures Oh, okay. So they build it up. That's yeah. nice. That's a nice touch. And you collect them in pieces. So you collect like, oh, like a stegosaurus tail and like a head. And over time, it like it builds up, right? Mm-hmm. And you end up with like the entire skeletal structure in the museum. It's really cool. Mm-hmm. So, so you highly recommend it as, as quarantine activity, Animal oh, Crossing? Great. I have just scratched the surface of this game. We're not moving <laughs> on yet. Jeez. When, my friend, it's we like, are not done. Okay, great. You collect bones. The bones get built into a dinosaur. Cool. <laughs> you like two thumbs up from Mike? <laughs> That's part of it. Then you've got like the fashion aspect of it. Oh, Jesus. Okay. You you but again, you choose what you want to participate in. But like okay. there's a clothing store. You can go and buy new looks and the fashion is amazing in this game. But there's also furniture and you can decorate your home the way that you want to, however you want to. And some of the furniture is like super crazy and like you can get like this weird wallpapers that move like i have one that makes it look like the room that i'm in is the top of a 60 foot skyscraper and there's a parallax effect as you walk around the room there's these like quirky things as well as like just you can get a sofa that you like and put it where you want but in this game you can also which is new for the franchise decorate the entire town including terraforming it you (laughs) can like flatten the entire island and build it back up with the like levels that you want and put the rivers where you want them to be. But the whole time you're indebted to the Tanuki, okay. which is Tom Nook. That's the raccoon. Yeah, raccoon. You make bells, like bells of the economy, and you make the money by like selling the fruit to the store, and then you take the money you've made, and you can buy new furniture with it, and then also pay off some of your debt to Tom Nook. It's a little on the nose in, in this comparison is it like a metaphor about capitalism or something no i mean well that's the whole thing but like what is what i'm about to say right like it's a little on the nose to be like isn't it amazing to have a game which is like you going outside and doing things at a time where you can't go outside but i genuinely think it's why animal crossing has hit so hard with so many people right now Mm. the success that this game is getting is is this was always going to be a successful game because the Animal Crossing franchise is a very popular franchise for Nintendo. Mm-hmm. But the reception this game has had is much higher than it was expected. Like, for example, mm. in its first weekend of being available in Japan, Nintendo had its highest 
Switch console sales number that it has ever had, mm-hmm. including launch weekend. They sold oh, more okay. consoles in a weekend period than they did in the launch weekend than a Nintendo Switch. <laughs> there are a lot of factors at play. Animal Crossing is very popular in Japan anyway, but mm-hmm. so is Mario, right? Like, right, yeah. No, I think, I think Mario does pretty well. So, and also, like, just the, the, the sales numbers of this game could put it at, like, potentially, like, the best-selling Switch game of all time. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this sounds ridiculous if you're not really that up on the game, but, like, it runs in real time right which is nice so every day is a new day there are things that happen on different days there are things that happen at different times of the day different Uh, times of the week the month okay animal crossing is legitimately helping me with my schedule (laughs) right right (laughs) right so so you have a giant piece of paper that says wednesday fishing hole is open eight to seven i don't have that yet but i have put some things on my calendar (laughs) <laughs> okay, right. That's that's getting pretty serious. And also, there's a there was a great meme in the Animal Crossing subreddit. So on Sundays, the turnip salesperson comes to the town. Okay. And the turnip salesperson is a stork, because mm-hmm. this gray is the stork market. Mm-hmm. You buy turnips. The turnip price fluctuates through the week. You have six days to sell your turnips, and you're taking mm-hmm. bets on whether the price of turnips is going to go up or down. Okay. Right? Stalk market. Very, very good. Very good pun. Love it. But there is a there is a meme of like, oh, it's Monday today. I don't know what Monday is. This is the day after turnip day. <laughs> <laughs> We're all like, how soon and far away are we from turnip day? Okay, so so this so this is actually interesting because I can genuinely see that having it run in real time during a global pandemic when everyone is inside also has a like concentrating congealing effect Mm -hmm. of yeah there's a huge number of people that are keeping track of days since and days until turnip day yeah that's a really interesting addition to a game mechanism to be running in real time Mm -hmm. especially during a time like now animal crossing Hmm. new horizons is going to be considered in history as a very important video game like in the history of video games Mm-hmm. Like you know, I, I've heard people say this. Like the, the the McElroys were talking about this on a show they do called The Besties, which I love, where they were saying that like they consider this to be, and and it's quite a big statement, but like probably the most important video game of all time in the sense of when it came for people, right? Right, right. There has never been a game that has been as important at a time in which it's released, mm-hmm. right? Where like the people that like this type of game really need it now right you know like it it is like the perfect match and then you know like history will tell of this game being in the in the fact that it was purely accidental because it was supposed to come out last october and it got delayed and its launch date was like the day that a lot of people went into lockdown or had been in for like a couple of days, right? Because there was like a big meme running of like, you know, like we had it for like a week of like, release the game, Nintendo. <laughs> Come on, right? Like, right. You know? And so like, it, it, it's like the perfect game for right now, but I don't know if I have ever experienced a perfect game for right now as strong as this one. Right, right. Huh. Should I try it? <laughs> you know what? Yeah. Because the only reason I would say not to is in case, like, you 
obliterate my hopes and dreams, but like I've already experienced it because I was like so convinced you were going to love Stardew and you didn't that I actually think this one might be worth at least a go Mm -hmm. because it's a very, very good fill your time with mindless activity game. Mm-hmm. And it's also what I love. Uh, I've said this many times about video games on the show. I love games where I can make my own game within the game. Mm-hmm. Like both me and Adina play, um, and she's playing on her Switch. I'm playing on my Switch, and we're playing completely different games a lot of the time. Like a couple of nights ago, I was just making fish bait and fishing because that was what I wanted to do, whilst she was digging into cliffs to make a new place for our home to be. Like they are completely different games that we are playing within the game, mm. right? So there are a lot of mindless activities you could do. You could, you can participate, in, and I'm sure you will, in the, the idea of, like, how big can I make my house, right? Like, and pay it all off as fast as possible to Tom Nook. Yeah, I don't want to be in debt to a raccoon. That sounds like a terrible situation. Right, you can you can speed run the debt. You know, you can you can pay it off as fast as you want if they focus solely on that. Right, you're like I'm not right. buying any furniture. I'm paying my mortgage, and, and it's also it's very fun in the sense that the game knows what it is and pokes fun at itself in that way. Right, that as soon as you pay off your mortgage, Tom looks like, oh hey, you want a bigger house, right? How about another right. loan of an increasing mm-hmm. number? It's it's you know it's fun like that. Mm-hmm. I love this game. I've loved this game series for a long time. I was looking forward to it anyway, but I don't think I've ever felt the feeling that I'm feeling about Animal Crossing right now. It's like, I don't just want you, Animal Crossing. I need you. <laughs> okay. Right? Like, I usually want video games very much right. and love them. But this game is like, when we wake up in the morning, it's like, great, time for to check what's in Nook's store today. Mm-hmm. And it's a great way to start my day. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I'm interested from your description just about the the global synchronizedness of it. Mm-hmm. Like I've never I've never had that element in a game, and that just that just sounds interesting just to check out a little and, bit. And if you participate in the social element of it, in the sense of like, you know, like I've subscribed to the subreddits, I follow a bunch of people that play the game. Like there are events that happen on certain days. So people that are playing Animal Crossing know that, like, whatever event is occurring today, we're all participating in that event. Mm-hmm. So there's, like, a community aspect of it, and I am enjoying having a really meaningless thing to pour my time and attention into. <laughs> and, and it's really good for that, because this is definitely a game that, however much time you have to give to it, it would take it. Okay, I'll I'll check it out, and then we we can talk about Animal Crossing and Mario Odyssey next time. We're never going to talk about Mario Odyssey on this show. <laughs> it will never be discussed. I will not allow it. We will never talk about your opinions as of Mario Odyssey. <laughs> this episode of Cortex is brought to you by Squarespace. Make your next move with Squarespace. They will let you easily create a website for your next idea or project. You can easily register a unique domain name, take advantage of and customize award-winning templates, and so much more. 
Whether you want to create an online store, a portfolio, a blog, a site for your business, no matter what it is, Squarespace is the all-in-one platform to help you do it. There's nothing to install or patch or upgrade. They take care of all of that so you don't have to, and they back everything up with award-winning 24-7 customer support. So if you need any help, the Squarespace team will be there to help you with it. Squarespace is so easy. I absolutely love making websites on Squarespace because I don't have to spend days and days and days trying to get everything set set up. Their system is super customizable and as much as I need to do on it, I can. So I have very frequently just started a Squarespace website, chosen one of the templates and I'm ready to go. Or in other instances, I've actually gone in and tweaked the fonts, tweaked the colors, tweaked the spacing, tweaked the layout. No matter what it is you want to do, it's going to look amazing and you get the flexibility to do it. Their plans start at just $12 a month, but you can sign up for a trial with no credit card required by going to squarespace.com slash cortex. And when you do that, you actually get to build your website in full. So you can see it, you can preview it, you can make sure everything is just as you want it before you sign up for one of their plans, which you need to do to make it live to the world. When you do that, if you use the offer code Cortex, you'll get 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain and show your support for Cortex. I have been using Squarespace for over a decade now to build my websites, and I wouldn't choose anybody else. That is squarespace.com slash Cortex and the code Cortex to get 10% off your first purchase. A thanks to Squarespace for their continued support of this show and all of Relay FM, Squarespace. Make your next move, make your next website. There is a note in this document that I have been so excited to talk about. <laughs> okay. Which is Gray Revisits VR. Yeah, so when lockdown was coming, I tried to make a bet because I, I think I think because of, you know, some some informed people I'd spoken to, I was just a little ahead of how long is this really gonna be? And partly because of just what I was trying to figure out and partly because of our own situation, I was like I think this is going to be a long time. This is not going to be the two weeks that people were thinking of in in their back in the early days in the mists of time. But mm-hmm. you know, I, honestly, I feel like we should set whatever it was February fifteenth. You know, lockdown day is like year zero, right? We're just starting the freaking clock over from whatever that is. But at the dawn of year zero, like I felt, I tried to sit down and think long term about. What should I order now that people might start thinking about in two weeks? And so I ordered a bunch of physical equipment, a bunch of like exercise equipment. But one of the things I was like, oh, you know what? It's time to order an Oculus Quest, the VR system. So jealous of you. I'd been, the Oculus Quest had been on my radar for a while, but my original plan was to wait until whatever the second generation mm-hmm. was going to be. Like I thought, I'll, you know, I'll pass on the first one and I'll wait until the second one. But when lockdown came, I thought, nope, this is the time. Buy right now. And it was like, great, 24-hour delivery. You know, the thing arrives. And I'm, I'm very willing to estimate that those those delivery dates have been pushed way back. Oh, it's completely out of stock everywhere. Yeah. It's, in, it's impossible. Like, <laughs> at this point, like, the Oculus Quest is just like, we'll tell you when we have them back in stock. Like, you can't yeah. even buy them. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So the thing about the Oculus Quest and the reason that it was on my radar, I know that you've dabbled more with this than I have. Yeah, I have an Oculus Rift, the standard one that you plug into a gaming PC. Yeah. But like, that's the thing that I never wanted to deal with. Yeah. I thought like, I don't, I don't want a PC. 
and I don't want a wire trailing out the back of my head. Like I'm going to, I'm going to wait to revisit this technology until it can be a standalone system that I don't have to connect to anything else. And that's what sets the quest apart, by the way. That is the defining feature of the quests. Like it, it greatly compromises on graphical quality and the number of games that it can run and all sorts, how long it can run. It has many, many compromises, but the main advantage is it's self-contained and you're not physically connected to anything else. Mm -hmm. And it's just interesting because I had not put on a VR headset since the time that you and I tested out the pre-production thing that they had at Facebook years ago. That was the last time I had on a VR headset until uh, whatever it is, until the Quest arrived in my house. And I don't know how accurate my memory is, but my guess is I think the Quest now is probably graphically on par with the, the system that we saw all that time ago that was running on like a computer the size of a room to go through a cable to us. But the reason that I got it is because I thought, if lockdown and quarantine time is going to be a long time, that experience in VR was the first type of new experience in life. And I had had in a long time of like, this is a new kind of thing. This isn't like reading a book. It's episode 100, so we'll say it. Yeah. Classic episode of Cortex, where me and you spoke about what it was like to, to do VR for the first time after we experienced it. And yeah. by, by actually going there and like trying it out with them. And it was an incredible like experience that we had. Yeah, you know, it, it totally was. Like it was, it was really, really memorable. There's a clip of me scaring you on mm -hmm. our YouTube channel. It was my memory of that of like that was the first time I'd had this different media experience of you can get really involved in a movie, you can get really involved in a book, you can get really involved in a in a video game. Those are three different things. And then VR was added as this fourth different experience of like, yes, it's a video game, but the immersion makes this fundamentally different from the other ones. And so that's what I was hoping when I got the quest. So I got it and I tried it out and it's like everything that I hoped it would be. I've been playing some of the games and I think again, for long-term quarantine isolation situation that I'm thinking here. It's like, I think this is actually an important tool because both my wife and I have been using it on a, on a pretty regular basis. And it really does trick your brain into this feeling of, I have been somewhere else. It's the same thing that I remembered last time that like your brain is just willing to go along and it is willing to be tricked in in the feeling of otherness mm. or like i've like i've been to this other place and yeah it's it's just it's just kind of fascinating to play around with it again and the, the first thing i was playing was was arizona sunshine which is like this zombie survival game oh, yeah. no but it's it's great, Mike. It's fantastic. Mm. Um, no, I, I'm really not good with... Um, I've learned this about myself. Like Really tense VR games don't work for me. It's, it's too much. It's like I, I really wanted to play Half-Life Alex, mm -hmm. but I've watched some footage and I know I wouldn't be able to handle <laughs> it. Yeah, I mean, you know, you, this is where you always have to know yourself as a, as a player. Yeah. Tried it. Tried, tried yeah. a couple of games where like there's high intensity and it 
it doesn't it i just can't i can't i can't detach myself you know like anything jumping at me it's 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 too intense yeah whereas my experience of this is like the two things that have worked for me the best is arizona sunshine Mm -hmm. and like and developers of arizona sunshine if you're listening they like i will pay you anything for some downloadable content that's more survival maps i don't i don't want more campaigns i want more maps where it's just me and you throw zombies at me until i inevitably die right but the the thing about that experience that's that's interesting and what i think is like good for your brain is is for me it's like the experience of getting good at something in a way that feels physical mm. and so it's like oh the the reason why like there's a million shooter video games but it's like oh this one is great because the mechanics of the gun they handle really well and it like it tricks your brain into feeling like oh okay these different weapons, I know what to do with each of these. And like, you're gaining a skill. Yeah. And then the other one, which has really been quite fascinating. So the most popular game by a huge margin is Beat Saber. Beat Saber! Right, yeah. It's like, it, right? Like, yeah. you could buy a quest, only ever play Beat Saber, and you'd be happy. My wife and I were just saying this the other day. of Like, the quest was worth it just for beat saber Mm -hmm. in the same way that when i got the switch it's like this is a this is a mario kart machine and i'm completely satisfied (laughs) right like money well spent so the thing with beat saber is okay so it is marketed as a like as a rhythm game Mm -hmm. of like there's music and there are blocks that are coming at your face and you need to hit the blocks in a certain pattern along with and then like i played it a few times and it's like this is just not clicking for me this just isn't working but a friend of mine was really pushing me on this of like, no, no, you got you got to try it in this certain way. And what I realized is, oh, okay. There are these expert plus levels on Beat Saber, which if you watch a video of them on YouTube, it looks like they're humanly impossible to do. They seem impossible. Yeah. Like you, you watch somebody play an expert level, or even when you first see the blocks coming at you, because I don't know if you explained it, it's basically like you're holding two lightsabers and you have these yeah. blocks coming at you and you have to hit them. And it's a rhythm game that's almost like drumming is the closest thing you could 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 maybe describe yeah. it to from, an, from a movement perspective. But you are moving your arms to hit blocks which make noises, you know, like you, you're hitting along to a beat as it were. But but yeah, when and they like they have to be cut in a certain direction yep. and and yeah. But when you see like these expert plus levels, it's like oh they'll play a three minute song and in the course of the three minute song, there's seven hundred blocks that you need to hit. You know, in, in the course of this, and and it really does look superhuman when you see someone do this. Mm-hmm. So I played the regular Beat Saber and I was like, I don't really care about the rhythm aspect of this, like hitting the blocks, whatever. But the experience that I was looking for was like, oh, okay, there are these crazy hard levels. But what you can also do is you can turn down the speed. So you can be like, okay, this level is looks inhuman for someone to do but you can start off with playing the song at 50 percent speed and there it's like this is the vr experience that's that is hard to describe but it's like oh fantastic this can obsess this part of my brain that is really interested in patterns Mm -hmm. 
And there's something about adding a pattern to physical motion that is really satisfying. And by doing this at 50% speed, it's like, okay, it's just fast enough that what looks like a million blocks flying at your face that you cannot possibly discern from one another, you can start to pick up like, okay, it's up, up, over, you know, loop this way, loop back down that way. And what I really like about these super hard levels is you have to learn the pattern of not just hitting the blocks, but like which way to follow through with your hand so that your hand is in the right position to hit the next one that's coming up. And it's like, man, does my brain just lock into this? And so my my quarantine project is there's a couple of songs where it's like, I am going to get through this. Mm-hmm at the expert plus level at full speed eventually. And like, I'm just training my brain for like, here's the patterns, like boom, 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 boom. And it's, I'm just so glad I got it because it really does add variety to the experiences that you can have in a, in a confined environment when you're not going outside. Like it, it adds that feeling of, Oh, where have I been? I've been in Beat Saber for the past hour, Mm. right? Or I have been in Arizona holding off the horde for the past hour. Like it's, it's just really interesting. And I've been trying out a bunch of different stuff and like some things work better and some things work worse, but everything I've tried at least has been worth it for the experience of, oh, what is it like to explore this Russian base uh, in this, uh, on Mars in this video game called Red Matter? It's like, oh, the motion doesn't really work for me and it kind of makes me feel sick, but it was interesting to be somewhere else for a little while and to try it. So, um, yeah, I'm going to say it's probably some of the best dollars per experience of anything I purchased in advance of long-term lockdown. So it's been really interesting and I can see why people have been pushing VR as a real gaming platform for a while and I, I was just hesitant until it was a self-contained unit this for me is the same thing I'm like boy am i glad the oculus quest existed before quarantine started mm. and because i just would never have done this if it needed to be hooked up to a whole separate computer system yeah i hesitated on getting one of these i have a rift and what i need to do is just i need to set it up better what do you mean it's just the space is not really configured very well like yeah what i need to do and what i will do is move some stuff around this office to give myself a little bit more space to be able to play it because i absolutely love it and really the only downside for me over the quest is just that there's cables there but Mm -hmm. honestly like you don't move around that much that it's too much of an issue but the quest is just good because you you don't need to worry about where you are like you could play in the living room, play in the bedroom, play in the office, play in the hallway, yeah. right? Like, and that's the that's the thing that I'm, I would be missing about it. But the benefit that I would get is that the, you know, my headset has a slightly better visual quality, right? But I'd hesitated on the quest, and I kind of wish that I had gotten one because it, you know, it's still like for me to play the thing, I have to boot up the gaming PC, and you know, this is more of a pain. But mm-hmm. we have been talking because me and Nadine absolutely adore Beat Saber, mm-hmm. and I think it's just something that I want to get back into playing more i want to give you a recommendation for a game 
mm-hmm. called Super Hot. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, Super Hot's great. Oh, good. Okay. Super Hot makes me think of that first experience we had at Facebook. It like, I, I know closest, it, was, yeah. it wasn't remotely the same, but it does. That is very, like, slow motion fun. And a thinker, as a real thinker, you know, like, that That game will, will really get you to understand why virtual reality is different in that yeah. you've got to keep your eye on what's going on around you. Yeah. It's not just on rails, right? Like, there are people coming at you from all sides, and you've got to keep that in mind as you're planning out your move that's a great game yeah it it is it is interesting because one of the things that i have run into is it's is it's clear that some of the games have been designed with the quest in mind and the fact that you can move around but our apartment is not big enough for those games Mm -hmm. so like every time i draw like the so when you boot up the quest you draw out this little space of like how much room do you have around you to move in like what is the space in which you can safely move and beyond which your hands should not go and of course what they're setting this up for is draw a line in front of your tv so that you do not punch your tv and for most games it works just fine but whenever i put on the quest it always throws up this warning which is like you know you don't have the amount of space we really recommend for you to use this system yep. like are you sure and i'm like yeah yeah it's fine and for most games it doesn't matter but it is interesting to see that there's a couple games so like there's a, a ninja game where you have to like defend your dojo from ninjas that are attacking as a ninja as would do. one does yeah the game is amazing but i realized very quickly like oh i just don't physically have a large enough space because they're taking total advantage of the quest of like 360 degrees around you. You constantly have to be turning and also you have to move forward and back a lot and like swing in front of you kind of stuff. And it's like, whoa, I do not have enough space for this. But Beat Saber is great because you need very little space. You just need the space in front of you. I don't know. It was also just such an amazing experience because this sounds so strange, but it's like, wow, it was really fun. And I don't feel like Fun is an experience that I have a lot, but like one, I loaded up a custom song, which was the Shia LaBeouf song. And like the guy who did the map design for that did an amazing job. I was like, wow, beating that was really fun in this way that I sort of rarely experience. It's exhilarating. I wish I could just put my finger on it better, but it's like there's something about the patterns along with physical motion Mm. right or it's it's the same thing even with the zombie game it's like okay patterns of recognizing the kinds of zombies here's the pattern for reloading the gun right and like doing all of these various things and with beat saber I i found myself wondering like oh is this why people like dance is like is this what people who enjoy dance are getting something out of it it's like there's a pattern and there's the music and it's repeated yeah it's great to have this portal to another universe inside my house to take advantage of during quarantine time so i'd recommend everybody gets a quest but apparently there are no quests available this episode is brought to you by DoorDash. Between never-ending laundry cycles and incoming emails, you've got plenty on your to-do list. Give yourself one less thing to worry about. Let DoorDash take care of your next meal. DoorDash is the app that brings you food that you're craving right now right to your door. Ordering is so easy. Just open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be delivered and left safely outside your door with the new contactless delivery drop-off setting. With over 300,000 partners in the US, Puerto Rico, Canada, Canada and Australia, you can support your local go-tos or choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, and the Cheesecake Factory. 
With so many options to choose from in an app that's easy to use, DoorDash is awesome. Trust me, right now, it is amazing to have food delivered directly to your home, and DoorDash makes it super easy to do so. Being able to select from so many different options and choose exactly what I'm looking for, and even being able to choose different food for different people in the home and have it all brought to you, it's kind of amazing. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more and zero delivery fees for the first month when downloading the DoorDash app and using the promo code Cortex. That's $5 off your first order and zero delivery fees for a month when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and use the code Cortex. Download it now, the promo code Cortex, and you'll get $5 off your first order from DoorDash. Our thanks to DoorDash for their support of this show and Relay FM. You're talking about that portal into another world. Mm-hmm. You reminded me of like what you were saying about AirPods Pro a while ago. Yeah. You know, and how like the noise cancelling can adjust and disrupt your sense of where you are out in the world. Right. Noise cancelling is really useful in these situations because me and my wife are attempting to live our lives as much <laughs> as we can. Yes. In the confines of our home all the time. Right, You need to be very sensitive about the needs of the other person in these times. But I would say being able to use noise cancelling so I'm not being distracted by a conversation that's happening in another mm-hmm. room is really good. And like I, you know, I'm listening to music and stuff, but sometimes I'm just putting my AirPods Pro in and turning on the noise cancellation mm-hmm. no, with nothing. You know, this would probably be a good use of uh, the app Dark Noise, right? That we spoke about, the white noise application. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I should think about doing that in those times. That's a good use of it for me. Mm -hmm. But being able to just adjust the audio environment around me Mm-hmm. It's very useful. <laughs> noise cancelling is, is definitely, uh, it's a thing I, I never was light on use before, but way more useful now. And it, it's also the funny thing of, I think everybody is much more happy to do video conferencing than oh, they previously wow. used to. But, right? Yeah. But let me tell you, a thing I'm really aware of is who has good headphones and who doesn't mm. on the video conferencing. Because on many video conferences, what you can hear is the other person's partner also on a video conference in the background somewhere else. Like, and if somebody has a terrible headphone, that gets picked up really well. And if they have a good headphone, it doesn't. Also, oh, like the microphone that's attached to the headphones, you you mean? Yeah, that's that. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, you right. can hear the noise in somebody else's house if they have like a really crappy pair of headphones. And it's like I just keep thinking of the various things. Assuming this goes on for a long time, that people are going to want more of, and it's like quality headphones right better microphones you know all this stuff i was talking about this with jason an upgrade a couple of weeks ago how technology products will be changed because of this because people that work for the major technology companies are now understanding that their webcams are not good enough oh my god yeah 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 webcams need to get way better stuff like that right like i think there will be these interesting knock-on effects like i'm using a external logitech camera on my iMac Pro. Oh, do you have the little the Logitech 1080p one? It's like yeah. a little yeah. Okay, I think we have the same. A lot of people have this one, right? Like I I bought it for my uh, PC mm. for streaming, but it is a vastly better camera than the one that's built into my iMac. 
Yeah, so I've yeah, just plugged sure. it in here because I'm doing way more video calls. There is always this fun thing, like I use my podcast microphone. It's always funny to people. Mm-hmm. But like that is because the thing, I have this microphone. I want to have good headphones, good microphone. I'll just put the Logitech camera in front of me and then that's how I'm doing all my video calls. Everybody mm. wants to video call now. People I used to just speak to on the phone, right, now want to do a video call. Mm. We never did video calls before. <laughs> but why are we doing them now? There's a lot. I'm having more calls than i've ever had at the moment mm. i'm sure you're experiencing a similar thing yeah yeah no people are people are much happier to jump on video calls now for sure but it just calls in general yeah yeah calls in general are up as well mm. but yeah it's like everybody needs better equipment for this stuff yesterday the thing is though that the video conferences doing a video call with someone it's pretty good but it like it's not great for replicating the experience of like hanging out and talking with someone. And I was I was trying to think about why that is, and I think part of the problem is when you are physically in a space with someone, it's much easier to pause. And so so I think like if you think about hmm. when you are physically having coffee with a person, I think both both of you can much more naturally do the thing where in a conversation you just look away for a few moments and you're thinking your separate thoughts and then the conversation resumes in a few moments. But you don't feel the pressure to constantly keep the conversation going. Whereas I think there's something about the video format that does make it feel more like I am looking right at you and you're looking right at me and we're talking. And I, I, th- I was just trying to pin down like, why is video calls not quite the same? And I think that's one of the reasons is it's harder to pause. I think one of them is that you can see yourself. I think that makes it a little weird. I think people fall into this category of, do they, do they notice that or do they not notice that? Some people hilariously cannot stop looking at themselves in the corner which is mm-hmm. which is doubly fun it's like being a canary <laughs> and you have the mirror right and you keep tapping the mirror yeah i get i get often too caught in looking at myself in video calls uh maybe they, maybe they need to like turn off your own video option or just to make it clearer yeah, i think a lot of places a lot of things do have that but then it's like do i look weird <laughs> right <laughs> right or like what's in the background yeah in real life you just have to deal with the fact that you look weird and there's nothing you know you don't have have the option option. yeah i'm not gonna put a mirror on the table we should all start (laughs) we'll start doing that right like yeah uh, in the post-quarantine time we will take mirrors out to restaurants and put them on the table so we can see ourselves in the corner of our view right this this is how i communicate with humans now i don't Uh understand (laughs) we don't need to know how we look while we're talking of course but one of the biggest problems with video conferences i need a haircut (laughs) Okay. Big time. Well, you know where you're getting it from. <sighs> but that's also part of the problem, isn't it? Okay. Right? Home haircuts, not good, typically. You know, we're all going to look a little dopey for a while, and that's I fine. Know. But I don't know what to do, Gray. I don't know what to do about my beard. I guess the problem is you're a very stylish man. Don't, so. Please don't. I, I don't know what to do about my beard, right? I'm not shaving it off. Mm-hmm. I, I, I can trim it. Like of scissors and stuff every now and then, but like there's a lot of it. I just don't know what to do with it. 
I, I really can't help you in this situation. I'm not. Beard, beard uh, look, oil is beard oil. What what you need? I don't know. Beard oil doesn't. It's not going to help me. I, I'm not looking for your help. <laughs> yeah, like of everyone. You are not the person I'm coming to for advice on this one, but it is just something that I'm becoming increasingly aware of. I am becoming more mountain man. Right. I don't think you're alone. No, I'm not. But there is an increasing amount of video calls, right? Mm -hmm. And it's like when I'm progressively more mountain man, I would like less video as a thing, but now I have more video. Right. So I need a solution. I don't know what it is. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you, man. You get, shave it all off. I'm like, not doing that. You need I'm a different life that. during quarantine time. You can you can shave off the beard. Can't imagine I can buy a clipper right now. Oh yeah, but clippers yeah. clippers are going to be in that same category. Uh huh. What I'm just trying to think at the end of this podcast is now. Okay, I got stuff that I thought would be useful for the next upcoming months, but like, what what might a year from now gray want that he isn't currently thinking about and mm. I, I need i think this is the next level that i need to start strategizing on yeah can you let me know of the next entertainment based product that you pre-buy because <laughs> <laughs> i would have loved to have considered the oculus quest when you did so if you could just let you give me a quick heads up i would appreciate that no i kept it quiet i had to order stuff in secret you can buy i need to make sure it's at the house and then i'll let you know you yeah you go ahead and buy your own stuff like you get all all of what you need place your orders Uh wait for them to arrive right and just give me a a quick heads up in case there's anything that i have not used my insight to to procure (laughs) okay i'll keep you in mind This episode is brought to you by ExpressVPN. We all know how a VPN can protect your privacy and security online, but it can also take your content watching to the next level by unlocking movies and shows that are only available in other countries. Now that many of us are spending more time at home, it's only a matter of time before we run out of stuff to watch on our own Netflix. Well, you can use ExpressVPN to binge on whatever you want. You could watch Doctor Who or Star Trek on the UK Netflix. It's super simple. Just fire up the ExpressVPN app, change your location to the UK, then refresh Netflix, and that's it. ExpressVPN hides your IP address so you can control where you want sites to think you're located, and you can choose from almost 100 different countries. That's a lot of Netflix libraries you can go through. So if you love anime, you can use ExpressVPN to access Japanese Netflix. And it's not just Netflix. ExpressVPN works with any streaming service. Hulu, BBC iPlayer, YouTube, whatever you want. There are hundreds of VPNs out there, but ExpressVPN is ridiculously fast, which you want when you're watching shows. There's no buffering, no lag. You can stream as normal in HD. ExpressVPN is also compatible with all of your devices, phones, media consoles, smart TVs, and more, so you can watch what you want wherever you want. Now, for myself... I'm a big Terrace House fan, and I was left on a big cliffhanger recently with one of the seasons, but they'd had the next episode up in Japan, so we were able to switch over to Japan using ExpressVPN, and we could catch up on that episode, and the cliffhanger was taken care of. It's awesome. Super fast, super easy. If you go to expressvpn.com slash cortex, you can get three extra months of ExpressVPN for free. Support this show, watch what you want, and protect yourself by going to expressvpn.com slash Cortex. That's expressvpn.com slash Cortex for three extra months of ExpressVPN for free. Our thanks to ExpressVPN for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. Episode 100, which means we will talk about yearly themes. Yearly themes. Oh. I can easily imagine 
that there are quite a lot of people who have discovered that they need to readjust yeah. their yearly theme. Yeah. And right? this is the thing I've, this has been like, there's a lot of great conversation about this in the subreddit. It is like a, this is a perfect example of why we encourage people to allow flexibility in their themes. Mm-hmm. Right. So my year of refinement, I've adapted it mm-hmm. and I've put some elements on pause. Like, so for me, one of the things that I'm really trying to do is to engage more with interesting people and learn new things. Right. That's the thing that I'm trying to focus on right now more than before. So like the classes that I wanted to take, the hobbies that I wanted to embark upon, right? they all have to be paused, right? But that doesn't mean that the year of refinement is over. Mm-hmm. And a friend mentioned to me a phrase that I'm trying to, to, to embody for right now. We've put it on the fridge, and I think it really matches with the year of refinement is when I come out of this better than when I started, mm-hmm. right? And that is what I'm kind of embodying now for the year of refinement is I want to come out of this process being a more refined individual in how I live my life in different ways. And one of those things is thinking about like, what is my future like? Mm-hmm. You know, like I'm being forced to think about it in ways that I hadn't before, just because of the sheer nature of where we are right now. You know, like what what is your future? Mm-hmm. I'm thinking about that more. And I think that's going to be something I want to spend more time thinking about over the next six months. Because before this period of time, I'd kind of, I think I'd kind of allowed myself to be in a little bit more of a devil may care attitude mm-hmm. to, to my future my creative future like my what what i do in my career was i kind of allowed myself to be like i don't know let's see how it goes mm-hmm. and i think i want to wrestle that control back to me a little bit now right thinking about what i want my future to look like so refining that out more and because i feel like i kind of got into the habit of and i was fine with this i'm not criticizing it of like taking more bets and just seeing what worked out Mm-hmm. When now I want to, I want to be more calculated. Yeah. Really, like consider things differently. Yeah, and but that's the example of the environment changing around you. Exactly. Right. Like, the, like the more stable an environment is, the more you're willing to take bets, and the more uncertain an environment becomes, the more the more you want security beneath you. Yeah. And it makes total sense. Exactly. So, like, I'm I'm happy to accept the reason in which it's happened, but now mm-hmm. I want to embrace it. And mm-hmm. make that a part of who I am now and in, in what I am refining in my life. And that's definitely a big a big part of that. And the other part is like really like focusing in, zeroing in on the idea of learning more about the world in different ways. Like that these are the things that I'm now kind of embodying in my themes. The the point about coming out better than before, like I I've been um I've been working on a thing. That point is so vital. It's always true that you have this question of, oh, at the end of the year, are you going to be better off or worse off than you are right now? Like, that's always true. That's never not true. Mm -hmm. But this quarantine is such a time out of time that it really highlights this situation. And I am, you know there are many things to be concerned about in this time and w- but one of the things i'm concerned about is that 
for a lot of people, I think it's very easy to slip into a situation where at the end of this, you're way worse off than you were at the, at the start of it. Yeah. And I really have this feeling like I want people to take this time seriously because it is a serious situation and very, very few people are going to come out of a long-term quarantine the same as when they went in. You're going to come out better or you're going to come out worse. And you really, you really want to focus on being on the, the right side of that. Mm-hmm. And especially if you're isolated, like it is just way too easy to start slipping down like that accelerated negative path. And so I think if you find yourself with a theme that's like, oh, this isn't really quite working out, you know, substituting whatever you were thinking of with the current idea of like, come out of quarantine better, you know, that's, I think that's a really good way to, to focus on things. And I think it's, it's really important to be very serious about that. And We've talked many times about not loving exercise on this show, but that is that is one of these things that even for me on days that I'm being lazy, like I am taking exercise deadly serious now at Mm. at this at this point of like, okay, you're in this really limited environment. Everything you know about how the human body and brain works tells you that the most effective thing that you can do is to stay physically active. And so it's, it's like, that is, that is like one of these things that has changed for me is I've been increasingly more serious about physical health as time has gone on. But now this is like, it's like deadly serious required daily medicine like that's that's the kind of reframing during quarantine and and i really suggest that lots of people should think about it this way like whatever you can do in terms of physical exercise like it's the most effective thing that you can possibly do and at least for me personally it's this again is this this weird duality of quarantine but i honestly think another month of this and i'm going to be in the best physical shape of my life because like my daily activity is just hmm. so consistent and way higher than it was in the months before quarantine that it clearly just has such a positive impact and so it's like yes this is this is the foundation of everything and i'm taking it super seriously and i just kind of mention that for anybody else who if they feel adrift and they feel without a theme, like these are things to really think about and focus on. And I think it's the best thing that you can possibly do. But my poor little Apple watch, I've had to go back to swapping between two Apple watches oh, because wow. of just the, the workout stuff draining it down too much, you uh-huh. know? So it's just a funny thing of, I noticed like, Oh, I'm cutting it too close on the batteries. Like I need to switch back and forth between the two of these things. But We've set up like a dedicated part in the house to be both the exercise area for for my wife and I. And it's like, yes, this is part of the life now. For whatever your themes are, incorporate physical activity into it much more. And right now, it would be one of my main suggestions. Mega Studio. (laughs) How's Mega Studio going, Mike? Hmm. When okay, let me rephrase that. When was the last time you were at Mega Studio, and how long do you think is going to be until the next time you're at Mega Studio? The last time I was there was like 
couple of days after we last spoke. Okay. It's like four weeks ago now. March nineteenth mm-hmm. was my last day there. Mm-hmm. And that was the day, I kid you not, in which it was finally ready to record. Just in time. Yeah. We had the panels in, we put had the blankets come in, the stuff that I was talking about a couple of episodes ago. And it was finally, I did some tests, it was finally at a stage where like, I would have been happy to start recording there. We haven't been there since. And won't be. Like, right. our building is closed down. Oh, okay. So this isn't even your decision. This is the, the building has closed down for lockdown. Yeah. You have to prove that your work is essential mm-hmm. um, to them. And I do not disagree with this. It hurts to be paying rent. Mm. However... I will say like a piece of very good news with this morning, the company that owns our building wrote to all of the tenants and they're cutting our rent in half, which I think is great. Mm-hmm. Like that's what I wanted. That felt mm-hmm. acceptable to me of like, let's do this at cost. Shall we? Like I'm not there. Right. Right. You're not having to pay all of the, the, the things that mean I have to be there. Right. The buildings all shut down. Mm-hmm. let's try and find something that makes sense for the for all of us, right? Where, like, I know I have a contract, so, like, I'm not saying I don't think I should pay anything. Right. But I wanted to have some kind of, like, let's meet in the middle, and we're meeting exactly in the middle. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a nice gesture from the building owner, and I'm happy to keep going. You know, it, it hurts to be paying a, a large amount of money for something that I can't use at a time where money is ever more considered as a valuable resource, right? Yes, yes. And so having to watch that money leave my bank account every month hurts because I had also, I'm very aware of the amount of money I poured into that studio mm-hmm. in equipment that I can't get to. Hmm. Yeah, I wasn't even thinking about the equipment. So, you know, and there's also stuff that we have bought, which is in limbo, right? Mm -hmm. Like delivery limbo right now. I don't know when I'm going to be able to go there again. And even when I can, I can't move there. Because let's imagine in three months time, restrictions are lifted a bit and I'm able to go there. Mm -hmm. Well, I can't move to it in case the restrictions come back again. Right. Right? So... Right. Yeah, yeah okay. I, I see what you're saying. You can't completely set that up as your working environment because you always need to have the fallback of your home. Yeah. Right. Okay. So, you know, I'm depending on how things go, I, I might move everything and have what, what I would consider to be all of my travel gear at home so I can still do everything as normal, but that's it's too far away for me to know that. You know, at least at this time, like, because I can't use the studio, like, I'm not buying more equipment for the studio. So, like, because mm-hmm. it was a large financial outlay to get that to the point that it's even at. Mm-hmm. So, I was stretching myself a bit. So, now that's come back in again because I can't spend any more money on it because I can't mm-hmm. go to it. It's very unfortunate in timing, mm-hmm. but also at the same time, fortunate in that I hadn't moved everything. Because that mm. would have been really difficult. If I had moved all of my gear to that studio, it would have been very tricky. Because if you know if things would have happened quickly, which they did, I don't know how fast I would have been able to get what I need out of there. So, mm. 
you know, I know that that place out there is mine and it's waiting for me. Right. And I, I genuinely hope that, like, at some point in the next few months, we might be able to visit and spend time working there. But I don't really know. I don't even know if I want to. I mean, I don't really know what it's going to be like. I don't know how I'm going to feel about leaving the home, right? Like, so right now it is a it is a financial burden, but at least mm. half of that burden. And this is a this is just how it's all played out. Mm. I think this this is another just another case of where. It's difficult to make decisions under uncertainty, mm. like because that just didn't. It just didn't even occur to me that you have this problem of where is your equipment, and even if the restrictions get lifted, you you don't want to be in a situation where you're like caught out, or yeah. So I don't want to be in between. Yeah, you don't want to be in between, and but like you know, I I can I can do a a minimized version of it. So mm-hmm. you know, like I can have just a laptop there, right? And that's you know, like which is what I wanted anyway, but not move my iMac, right? But you need to take public transport to get to the office, right? Yeah. It's not within walking distance. Yeah, so, that's like... you see, that's and when I say right, like, will I want to? That's the problem. Yeah. Now, you know, the amount of public transport that we need to take is actually minimal. Mm-hmm. I can get on one train for 10 minutes and then it's, you know, it that's there is a few multiple routes. One of them is walk for 10 minutes, train for 10 minutes, walk for 20. Mm-hmm. And that's probably the one that we would take, right? Yeah. Because I I'm I'm much more comfortable walking down a street than I am being on a train car. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, it, that feels like a better th- even though you're in theory walking past more people that just feels better to me than being in an enclosed place of yeah people. it's is the enclosed environment that's yeah. that's no good irrespective but, yeah. of the science of it i'm talking about what makes me feel comfortable right yeah so in or, that instance yeah. like that's not the worst thing and as long as we planned correctly because this is like that day that we were there we knew things were going on, but we had deliveries that needed to come and they weren't being rescheduled. So, like, mm-hmm. we left the house at 10.30, which meant we missed all the rush hour. We got on that mm-hmm. train for 10 minutes. We were not... We were, like, way over, like, past, like, the this, this six feet away from everybody thing because there were so few people on the train. And, like, and then we did the same on the way back. We left at, like, 3.30. So, again, didn't really interact with any people on the public transport. And, like, that's... What we would try and do, I guess, but like, mm. I don't really want to roll the dice a bunch of times. So yeah. it, it, all, it all just depends. I mean, it's like, it's again, right? Like, you look at these things and the time in which they're made, we just don't really know what it's going to be like in a few months' time. Things could, will be, things will be different to what they are now, but I don't know in what direction. Mm. But until then, that's three months of rent I'll be paying. Mm. You know, like there is a possible, like, do do I cancel the office space, right? Like, I have a I have a six month break clause, mm-hmm. but then where does all the stuff go? Yeah, yeah, that's that's the problem. It's all it's all got to go somewhere, and it's not it's not all coming back to your apartment. Well, and I can't go and do anything about any of it. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, this is one thing where I'm just at the moment I'm going to be in a wait and see on it, and and will be. You know, like I was preparing and working out how I'm going to pay the rent and not make an impact. Well, I've now doubled the amount of time I can do that because my rent's been cut in half. So Mm -hmm. all my planning that I was doing 
Right. I've I've been given an extension on that anyway, so I will take advantage of that and, and sit tight. This episode of Cortex is brought to you by Fitbod. Fitbod is the fitness app that provides a personalized exercise plan for you designed to push your limits. Fitbod has been fine-tuned by certified personal trainers to bring the best practices of strength training directly to you. Your workout program is tailored exactly to your needs, making it perfectly suited to your unique body, experience, environment, and goals. It can be hard to know exactly how much you should be doing whilst exercising, but Fitbod figures all of that out so you don't have to worry about under or over overtraining. Fitbod will also mix up muscle groups, exercises, sets, reps, and weight over time to keep you on top form and to keep everything balanced. You don't need to spend hours researching the best exercise or workout strategies to get results. Fitbod does all of that for you. And to help you stay healthy at home right now, Fitbod has a bunch of body weight only workouts so you can get in shape without needing to go to a gym or have gym equipment. Now, I wasn't as smart as Gray. I didn't get any gym equipment. So I have been using Fitbod's body weight only exercises and they have been awesome. Signing up and first using the app is super easy. It walks you through everything and lets you choose exactly what you want to focus on and how frequently you want to be exercising. It will then notify you. And I love that the notification gives you a preview of the exercises you're going to be doing. It syncs with Apple Health on iOS. So it has all of the information it needs about me. I didn't need to enter anything. It could get my height, my weight, my age, all of that. I get to tell Fitbod what I want to work on exactly, but it also keeps track of what I'm doing. So I was saying I want to do some extra work on my neck and my arms because they're areas that I want to strengthen, but it also makes sure that I'm getting an overall workout experience and not overworking any area, which is something that's great because I wouldn't know how to balance that myself. Every exercise has instructional GIFs and a bunch of text so I can work out exactly how to do them, but I don't have to watch these every time. So when I'm doing the different sets or on different days, I might remember an exercise so I can just go ahead and do it. But if I need a refresher, the information's right there. When it comes to working out, I don't know what I'm doing or why, but Fitbod helps me understand the reason for each workout, what I would achieve, and also provides me everything I need to be able to complete it. You can get started right now by going to fitbod.me slash cortex to get Fitbod for free until June 1st. That's fitbod.me slash cortex to use Fitbod totally free until June 1st. This is an amazing deal, especially if you're at home right now. Download Fitbod and give it a try. You will not going to regret it. That's fitbod.me slash cortex. I completely know now why Gray was recommending this application to me. It's awesome. Our thanks to Fitbod for their support of this show and Relay FM. Let's get back on an ascent of this roller coaster of an episode. <laughs> mm-hmm. This show, of course, I feel like we have to have a little mushy moment here. It's been successful and is a, a great project in part because of the Cortexans, our listeners, right? We can't, we could make this show without any listeners, but I think it will. <laughs> I don't think it would have gone past 10 episodes at that point. Yeah, if a podcast downloads on a player and there's no one around to hear it, does it even exist? The answer is no. No, it doesn't. Eventually it won't because people will stop losing the will to make it. It kind of feels fitting to me to do some Ask Cortex for this show. So I put the call out on Twitter and I got a lot of questions and I tried to pick a selection of questions that are either kind of meta questions or thematic for our run of episodes so far. And I think we cannot start with a better question than the one from Pavel who asks, is Evernote still a thing <laughs> for the two of you? 
Because if anything, it gives me an excuse to right now use what is probably our best custom show artwork. <laughs> yes. So if you use a podcast player that supports it, you are currently seeing the yes. Evercore show art. Still artwork. my favorite of all the show arts, mm-hmm. for sure. I mean, do you do you still use it, Mike? No, I'm all in on that Notion train, baby. Uh, you're, on, you're on the Notion train. <laughs> you're one of those. You're one of the Notion heads. I am one of the least effective Notion users, mm-hmm. where I just have a bunch of, I don't know, sections, which has some... No- I don't really understand how to use Notion, <laughs> right. but all I know is, is its app experiences are better for me than Evernote. Okay, all right. You're all in on Notion. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, I'm forever entangled in the trunk of Evernote. Yeah. Uh, and I don't think I will escape. Although, I, I came... <laughs> okay. I came very close to making a super annoyed video for CGP Grey 2 about how something in Evernote doesn't work at all. Oh, my. Uh, right? Where it was like, how can I get their attention to fix this thing? Which is like... Okay, so I'm just going to describe it here now. So in, for the Tumbleweed video, I had a bunch of these PDFs that I was doing highlights in, where it's like, okay, I downloaded the 1898 Agricultural Magazine or whatever, and it's hundreds of pages long, and I'm just trying to like highlight this one article that's in it. But so the way Evernote works with PDFs is in order to do a highlight, you have to put it in like an edit mode. So you can't just say, yeah, 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 I want to do highlights. It's like, no, 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 I'm editing this PDF. And one of the things that I can do is highlights. But so it has to stay in this edit mode for the duration of the time that you want to highlight, which is, of course, the entire freaking time that I'm reading the PDF. Right. So I'm like there. Doopa doopa do. Okay. I'll put it in edit mode and I'll highlight, I'll highlight, I'll highlight. But it doesn't automatically save those highlights until you say, I'm done with editing mode. And you know what takes up a lot of memory on your device is a several hundred page PDF that's nothing but scanned images that's open. And so as I discovered, painfully many times like oh my lovely research pad that i that i totally i totally like using oh uh, i'm highlighting this thing let me just quickly check something in safari L- swipe over to safari oh okay i've checked the thing interesting swipe back to evernote oh it, i see the startup screen for evernote because it got booted out of memory and everything that i had highlighted is gone because i didn't click done on the editing mode that's 2004 over there yeah it's it's crazy making and so yes i do still use evernote it is still the best tool for what i for what i use and it has, yes, gotten much better since I first complained about it forever ago. But I've come across this new infuriating thing, which is like, guys, guys, auto-save what I'm doing while I'm doing it. It's like, not since whatever whatever it was, Mac OS X Tiger, right? When we switched to Lion and they're like, saving? This saving is not a thing we need to do anymore. Mm-hmm. And this happened back in 1974. And we like, we haven't saved documents since then. And it's worked out great, but not for Evernote and for highlights. So 
if I hadn't been preoccupied with trying to do the first director's commentary thing, I was totally going to make a video on my second channel trying to blast and shame Evernote into fixing this problem. So, Evernote, you're on notice. <laughs> I like the idea that you think that they will fix anything you want them to fix. <laughs> I think they'll fix it. No, they, they kind of, they, I know they listen. They're going to fix it. They have to. <laughs> Nate wants to know, how did Mike and Gray meet? We've we've said this before. Of course I, we have. I sent you an email, and then yeah. we then we met up for coffee. There was the first time that we met, which was you had emailed me after I announced that I was becoming self employed. Mm-hmm. Relay FM existed, and I was becoming self employed, and you emailed me to congratulate me and suggested that we meet for coffee. This wasn't the first communication that we'd had. The first communication that we had was when I emailed you asking to interview you for a show that I was doing, oh, and you right, said yes. no, Yes, that's uh, right. which is a classic moment in our history, which I will find the screenshot that I have posted in the past and put that into the show notes. Because <sighs> okay. it's just a fun little thing. The day I convinced you that we should create a podcast together was the day that we were launching a show on the network called Mac Power Users which we were importing hundreds of episodes. It was a show that existed in the past. And the combination of a show that already has hundreds of episodes and thousands and thousands of people subscribing to the new feed put a stress test on our system that had hitherto not been (laughs) attempted. And whilst I was convincing you that this was a great idea for the both of us, in the background, our website was on fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Uh, Vaj wants to know when it comes to editing the show how does your decision making process go regarding what to cut and what to keep well this is this is all you Mike I think it is now right like kind of the way the show was produced is we record it I edit I send it to Gray Gray listens through and edits and sends it back to me and then I finish it up and post the show now in the early days Gray's edit was very heavy and you would take out a lot of stuff but I think these days you take out very little. Yeah, for sure. Well, it's also that like we were figuring out more in the beginning, like mm-hmm. what is this, what works or what doesn't work. Right, but I I also as well, I mean, you maybe don't know, I take out a lot more than I used to. Yeah, like you don't see it now, but like in the early days, I was basically just hiding it up because I didn't know what to cut and what to keep because it was a very different way of editing for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's like we had conversations where it was like, no, no, the number of cuts needs to be four times as many mm-hmm. cuts, <laughs> right? Like, and those and... cuts are thousands. <laughs> you know, I, you know, I, 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 I think a couple of episodes ago, I put a screenshot in the show notes. Of, yeah, of, yeah. of how, how, what the edit looked like to that point. It's thousands and thousands of cuts. And most of those are just tidying up things. You know, if we repeat words, if we um and are in ways that I, I think are just distracting. Mm-hmm. But there are a lot of content cuts that I make now, which are like, I make a point, Gray makes a point. It's like, that didn't add anything, <laughs> right? Like yeah. all we've done is made this point twice as long. It's like, well, I take those out. And th- that is just a skill that I have learned over the last five years of being able to edit in that way because I, I didn't edit any of my other shows that way. There's now, you know, every now and then I will have a project where I do edit like that. Mm-hmm. But this is the only show that I do where I edit to the level that I edit. It's very heavy. And really the reason I take something out is if it just wasn't interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I heard Justin McElroy say once, if you keep a minute in a show which wasn't worth it, you've wasted 
tens or hundreds of thousands of Earth minutes. Yeah. And that really stuck with me. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, okay, let me see what I can take out of this show. And I take out, so I'm trying to waste less time in the world. Yeah, yeah. M- multiplying those little changes across the audience is a way that makes it feel quite impactful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> of like, oh no, I don't want, I don't want to waste all these people's time. And Andrew asks, if you could only use four iOS apps for a week, what would they be? Uh, uh, am I allowed to compensate with my Mac? I don't understand nope. this question. Let's just go four apps. You have four apps. They're the only apps you can use for a week. Okay, four apps. Yeah, let's go with that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mold it because, as usual, you've tried to find a way to break the <laughs> confines of the question. Well, yeah, that's, yeah look, listen, you gotta, you got to be really careful with when, you know, questions and genies and wishes and all this kind of stuff. Well, it's let me, like... actually, you know what, because I, I want to talk about iOS apps here because <laughs> otherwise you're going you're gonna to find a way to cheat. So what I want to say is you have a week where you're only working on your iOS devices, right? Okay. So we, we're confining this to iOS work only. You have okay. four apps you can use on those devices. What are they? Okay, that's actually pretty easy. It's OmniFocus, Ulysses, Evernote, Safari. Those would be the four. Oh, Evernote, man. You love that app so much. You snuck in there, huh? It's necessary for my work. Like, I'm, I'm just, I'm trying to think, like, what do I need most yeah. to keep my work going for a week? If it's a longer period of time, if they said, like, oh, for all of quarantine, I would probably have to swap Evernote for slack or email like i'd I'd have to think about that Mm. but like one of them would have to be communication with the outside world right but you think you could do i mean who am i talking to here you think you could do a week without slack (laughs) mike please like do you do you have yeah do you have any idea what i can make my life like if i need to like i can i can shut off from the outside world completely for long periods of time so a a week is like it's trivial I could do without Slack for a week, for sure. Mm. But I do also think that 10 days is about the limit where I could start to run into some problems if there's literally zero communication with the outside world. The wheels are going to start falling off at that point. Yeah. As I'm saying it now, it would have to be email. I would would have to fall back on email as the communication tool. I'd move everything in Slack to email, and then email also allows me to be in touch with people I need to be in touch with and also reach out to new people. So that's what it would be if it was longer than a week. Okay. What about you? I'm struggling. I'm struggling. All right, so I'll tell you the ones that are easy for me. Mm -hmm. Slack, Todoist, Spark, because I couldn't survive without those. All right, okay. Because that's communication within the company, Right. Communication with the outside world. I do not want to move all of Slack to email. Right. And you're and you're in a different situation where you just couldn't. That's not practical yeah. with, with relay. It just couldn't happen. Slack and Spark, they are non negotiable. Right. Because otherwise I cannot do my business. I cannot mm-hmm. do my work without those two. Todoist I have to keep because I need my to do list. Right. However, so what so then I'm I'm in an iron on like the fourth, right? which is Twitter, because... <laughs> Twitter. Oh, you know what? No, sorry. I, I forget I forget how useful this is to you to you, for your work as well. Like, Well, so, so it's okay. So, but then I could, I could say reader, because my RSS experiment has remained, by the way. Hmm. So I check Twitter less now than I ever did. I'm still on it a lot, but it's not as much, and I, and I use RSS feeds now to get my news. So in theory, I could, Twitter and reader could be interchangeable in this. Mm-hmm. I'd probably go with Twitter because it will allow me to cast my net wider. 
mm-hmm. than Reader would if I'm in, I'm in like a constraint. So that's this is like four now, right? Like Slack, Todoist, Spark, Twitter. But I don't know if I could go a week without my calendar. So then Fantastical sneaks in. No, but you could you could replicate your calendar with Todoist. Like you could make that work. Uh-huh. Or I could enable the Todoist support inside of Fantastical. Yeah, I think that's fine. So I think that's what I'm going to go with. Twitter, Slack, Spark, and Fantastical with the Todoist integration turned on. Right. Okay. Oh, but what about t- no? I could, I could. Mm, what about time tracking? Uh, I could live about a week with it. Yeah, you. But that's that's the same thing. You could. That's why it wasn't on my list. You could live without time tracking for. A yeah, week. it doesn't that's, affect that's my fine. work as such. And look, you've only got four apps to track anyway, right? That's what true. Do you, what do you time track? I could just you write could, it down. Yeah, you could do that on a piece of paper. I send an email to myself every time. <laughs> so wait, what was your, so your final? What's your final four? It's Twitter, Spark, Slack, and Fantastical. Okay, interesting. Oh, but what about notes, though? You can do without notes for a week. Again, you can write down things on on a piece of actual paper. Okay, you're right. You're looking. You're looking here for the stuff that's non-replicable, right? It's like this is why right. I chose Ulysses as the writing app yeah. because the amount of stuff that's in there to work with is non-replicable. Sure. Same with Evernote. It's like the database is non-replicable. OmniFocus, here's everything I need to do. Non-replicable and Safari connecting me to the outside world. Non-replicable for research. Mm-hmm. So that's that's why like you're thinking notes. Now you're you're quickly devolving into just stuff you'd like to have. That's that's what you're doing there. I think your I think your initial four those seem pretty solid in this arbitrary world. Noah wants to know: Do either of you believe that this podcast has made you better at what you do? Oh, for sure. Oh, I was pleased you said that. I, I was wondering if you were going to be like, ah, hell no. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was like to keep you surprised, Mike. But uh-huh. I mean, obviously, that's sort of odd as one of the people on it to, to mention that. But why did we meet up regularly for coffee in the time before year zero mm-hmm. is it's useful to talk to another person about what it is that you do or like what you're working on or how you're thinking about things. And it's also the thing that I've always said with this podcast that even if we're not talking about specifically work things, I really think that there is a way in which hearing the way other people think through and talk through something is a way to help you think through things. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, this has been helpful because it's also a way to stay more mindful about what it is that I'm actually doing. There's not like a metric that I can point to, but I can totally say that this is useful because it causes self-reflection in the work itself. And it's useful to be able to talk to someone else and to be able to also like hear your thoughts on various things. And like that, that back and forth is a positive loop even if there isn't like a thing specifically to point to to say like oh this is five percent better because of that so for sure i think this podcast has has made me better at, at what i do yeah i mean it's a very similar thing for me right where one of the reasons that i wanted to do this show in the first place is i found the conversations that we had were very like stimulating for me and encouraging and would help me come up with new ideas and new ways of wanting to progress my creative work. Mm -hmm. And I felt like that some of those conversations were too good not to share. 
it was just felt like we would enjoy these conversations so much that I just figured that they were inherently enjoyable. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think by this point, we've proven that out. Mm-hmm. Right? That, like, people, there are people that find this show both entertaining and informative, and that's exactly what I want it to be. And mm-hmm. you can take whatever mixture you want from that. Mm-hmm. But I just hope that you take a combination of both of them, because I think that's what makes it special for me. That's 100 episodes. Yep. This was not the 100th episode we were expecting. <laughs> no, it it was not. But it's the one we got. <laughs> yes, it's, it's the one we got. Yeah. And it's 10 times more episodes than we estimated at the beginning. That's true. Well, I always need to do more. <laughs> <laughs> so confident you are, Mike. I was confident. So confident. I was confident. That's <laughs> what I was saying, right? Like, I knew that there was a good show in the idea. <laughs> so I was very confident that we would make it past 10. I honestly, though, I don't know if I would have expected we would have got to a hundred. Mm-hmm. I also don't think I would have expected a hundred to have taken as long as it's taken to get to. <laughs> <laughs> I think those two things are related, right? It's like, oh, cortex, nice leisurely pace. Yeah, you know. But I'm glad to have done these 100 episodes with you, Mike. Yep. Me too. And thank you to the listeners for coming along with us Mm -hmm. for these 100. Mm -hmm. Stay safe, everyone. And healthy, happy, focus on all of it.